literally was the best game I've ever seen, man. It was just like straightforward. Um, I think it was like 54 to 51 was the final score. What? It was insane. And um, I wish I watched it live. Apparently, Andrew Half was there. Yeah, I saw that he posted mm-hmm. on Facebook or something. I was just so mad about football in general. I was like, I'm not watching this tonight. We can get right into that. <laughs> the football anger. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you, as always, is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Tonight's guest I met about a year ago. I was part of uh, Judah Kim and the Assassination, and we were trying out new rhythm guitar players, and in walks in our guest, and I look at him, I'm like, hey, I'm Bob. I'm like, uh, I'm a school teacher. He's like, I'm a school teacher too. And I'm like, what? Because <laughs> I've been in bands since I was 19 years old, and I've, I've always been the one school teacher in the band. In downtown Harvest, it used to be like something that, you know, it was a joke in between songs. They'd be like, and Bobby's a school teacher. <laughs> and I'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm a school teacher. And nobody knew what it was like being a rock star and, uh, you know, waking up and working a classroom in a high school or a middle school. And so I met this guy. And uh, coincidentally, he also knew how to rock out on stage, move his body, took notice. He's got a great voice. And we quickly, quickly became friends, Eagles fans. I'm happy to welcome here into the lounge this evening. Ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor. Put your hands together for Mr. Kevin Cox. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. It's good to be here. Good to be here with you, finally doing this podcast. It's been a while, but we're, we're here to do it. You know? yeah. We're here to make it happen. You know? So being a school teacher, as you know, uh, what's your experience with it? Like, how do you feel? I really like it so far. I uh, bounced around a couple of high schools doing long-term subs at first, and I'm out of middle school now. Uh, my second full year at the same place for the first time and much more relaxed being at the same place and knowing the deal um, but it's just it's it's a great job you, you, yeah you've got to wake up early and get there but then the day flies by yeah it's constantly so the, the earlier you wake up the faster your days are yeah it's crazy do you enjoy the early morning hours I didn't used to but I'm starting to what's your favorite part of the early morning like you know what I mean like when you're you're getting your shit together, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to be out the door soon. I think it is once I actually leave. I really don't like waking up and getting ready and everything. But once so I let's go back to waking door, up. Okay, how many snoozes or any snoozes at all? No snoozes, but there's usually a few minutes of dread and still laying in bed. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a song like, right there. We just came up with <laughs> a few dread moments in bed. of dread and laying in bed. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Uh, I used, to, I used to be that way, definitely. I think when you're younger, it's harder to get up early because your body just wants to sleep all the time. Yeah. I used to be able to sleep to like 1, 2. My wife sometimes would be able to sleep to like 4, 30, 5. Sun be going down. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty wild. And um, I guess as I got older, I'm not teaching right now, as you know. I'm, I guess in soft retirement, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I like that, but, soft um, retirement. The times that I, if I didn't get a good night's sleep, Teaching the next day was brutal. Yeah. Like, my job now, I could, you know, I can be in any type of mood. Tired, angry, sad, happy. I could still go in there and do it. But when you're a teacher, you really can't bring what's going on in your, like, life or emotion. You know what I mean? You have yeah. to almost be, like, a, a political figure in a way. Yeah. That you got to be, but you got to not be a Democrat or Republican. you got to be right in the middle. You can't really yeah. inflict your will, if you will. Uh, that's true. You have to, it's, it's like acting. Oh my god! You got you got to oh leave god. everything else at home. There's enough emotion in the room every day without your own, without your own. It stuff. really is about acting. If you're not a good, that should be like the main class. Like, hey, I'm I'm gonna get a degree in education from Temple University. 
but uh, I'm gonna have to take some acting classes. <laughs> you know some what I mean? Can you like seriously? I, yeah. I really think that, that should be a requirement. I think so too. For teaching, it should be like you have to get up here and for thirty minutes just ad lib, ad lib something that you know, like you're good at or you know a lot about. Yeah, I mean you can plan and and do all that stuff, but you never know what's gonna happen any given day. Things change. You're like, all right, I'm going to talk about this, this, and this. And then a kid's bus is late, and there's like eight kids that are normally in your class not there, and you got to adjust. And then one kid brings up, or, you know, says something just like ridiculous to somebody else, and you're like, all right, well, we're not going to talk about math today because. Yeah, and everything uh, goes off. Yeah. Everything goes off. Yeah. Lesson plans in general, uh, do you use them? You write them, but do you use them? No, they're, and I barely. I know. I was there Hopefully when nobody's started. listening. So I was, I was, when I first started student teaching, at the <laughs> beginning of the, Pennsylvania has a, a set of standards that you have to follow, and codes have to be written on the board, and you, if you don't have them when they come in, your job's in jeopardy. It's part of the gig. It's like, you know, showing up to a gig, a gig without a set list. You're up on stage, like, what do we play? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. So, I remember that. I remember the old teachers, the ones who were like in their late 50s, early 60s, and be, resenting it. Just yeah. Just being like, yeah. lesson plans? <laughs> I would never. I ha- Like, I have a plan, but I don't have... When I, when I was in college, I learned, like, the formal... The standards and mm-hmm. the essential questions and all these different things. And I use that stuff. It's just never written down. Like, one day, maybe it will yeah. be after I've done it enough times. But now I'm like, all right, we're going to talk about this tomorrow. And it's like that acting piece where the key questions and that sort of thing just come up. And it feels natural. What's the most difficult situation you've ever been in the classroom? Ooh. Uh, I don't know if there's, like, a one-time event, but um, people that are, like, if there's kids that are consistently challenging to work with, that's there every day. And you, like, try different things. Um, but I had a I had a student last year who I felt like after an entire year, I I still really didn't figure out what was going to work and we had a combative relationship most of the year mm-hmm. and that's just tough because you know that class was coming up and you're like alright like yeah you know, yeah I've had those situations too before and it's tough it's really tough because you don't know how you're going to react because it's hard not to have your emotions come into play right right because you care about kids and you're like oh my god I mean I've, I've worked with kids with ADD ODD autism um, some of them you know severely handicapped and uh, it's tough it's a tough job yeah. and you want to give them like a fresh start every day but that's not really possible no it's not like you still remember what happened yeah. the day before <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're still human you know there's yeah. no way like you can't just turn it off be like you you know what I mean yeah. like, I'm good you know but yeah. there's probably like three students in my uh, entire career that I could well, I can't say their names now obviously, <laughs> but I, I mean like yeah. those three students man put me through hell yeah. More so than like, you know, spousal situation, girlfriend, <laughs> family, you know what I mean? Like he got to me. Yeah. He really got to me. <laughs> I didn't sleep right. I was a mess. But I guess, you know, if you want to if you want to teach and if you're young and you're thinking you want to teach, think to yourself, one, can you act? Two, how thick is your skin? Cuz it's a tough job. Yeah. So, I salute you yeah. for that. My skin is definitely growing thicker. But I think it's good for me all around. Mm-hmm. Like I just I remember being a middle school student and everything cut me like anything you would say to me like just ruined me and now I'm like you can say pretty much anything you want to me and I'm, I'm gonna be fine you'll be fine yeah it's tough to uh, have that type of shield so in middle school what are you listening to what's uh what's your music 
like when you're in seventh grade? Like, what are they listening to? What are you listening to when you were in seventh grade? Oh, when I was in... Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was all, like, Yellow Card, Panic at the Disco. Panic at the Disco, that's awesome. Yeah, Fall Out Boy, like, the er, you oh. know, earlier Fall Out Boy before they claimed they were saving rock and roll. Um, yeah. Did they actually claim that? Did the bass player claim that? Or the well, they had they had the record called oh, that's right. Save Rock yeah. and Roll, and that's when I was like, okay, we're and Didn't they break up after that? I think they're still together. Well, they did. They broke up and then they got back together. Yeah, yeah, the dude, yeah. Dude, like, yeah. got the triple bite or whatever, the, you know, the, the stomach surgery. <laughs> like this. I liked him better when he was when he was bigger. The yeah. band looked cooler to me. I was like, okay, punk rock, <laughs> let's go, you know? It was, um, it was all punk rock, and My Chemical Romance was huge. The one thing I remember about Pete Wentz is he's a bass player like myself, and I remember, like, watching, when I would watch him on TV, I was just like, does that bass, like, weigh anything? Like, if you yeah, look just, back at his old footage, like, these basses that he's using are, like, weightless. Yeah. He's, he's got, like, you know, just, like, in general, it just seems like he's just running around that stage with nothing on him. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I saw them at a... And he's a minimalist, too, with his bass lines. He'd be like... Mm. He's, like, almost... <laughs> like, Sting's really... He's a minimalist, but he's awesome. Yeah. His lines are the best. <laughs> like, his bass lines just, like, hanging in the groove, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, that was a weird time for me, because I was a little older. I think, I guess I was, what, uh, in my late... Mid twenties when Fall Out Boy and Yellow Car were hitting. Yeah, but well, I mean, I still listen to those bands. I feel like the stuff mm-hmm. you listen to in middle school carries. Oh yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, from the get go, carries with you. Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and Central Pilots. So, I mean, but you know, most of them were dead except Pearl Jam. <laughs> <laughs> but then, and then when you think about it from a musician's perspective, you're like, how do I get, like that? By that theory, you would want middle schoolers to be listening to your music. Yeah, I. I you mean like as a teacher? No, as a well, like as a musician, regardless uh-huh. of whether you're a teacher or not. Like, if we're saying that the music that really struck us in middle school is our lifelong music, mm-hmm. then as a musician, you would want middle schoolers to be listening to it. Yeah, that's a good point. But I feel like there's. Yeah. I've never had yeah. that conversation with any musician that I met in the local scene, though. It's all about the friends coming to shows and like. I forget the friends. Don't it's all about stuff. fans. Yeah. Eh. It's got to be fans. There's got to be yeah. a separation of the two too. You have to respect them the same as you do friends but fans are fans you know what I mean like I don't invite everybody over here to my house to do podcasts you know what I mean some of these people are, I'm like alright I'll meet you you know no disrespect to anybody who's been on the show that's listening but I mean like, <laughs> as far as like um, that whole you know realm goes that's just how I think about it but yeah middle school like I mean the music it's just like your first like you're becoming a teenager so it's weird how music also affects you at the same time. Yeah, and you your have, body's changing, and music yeah. is like a part of it. All these like crazy different emotions you've never felt before. Things just seem so like real. And when people say music gets them through tough times. Like middle school is tough. I got my balls kicked in so hard by. I can't say her name either. Um, but uh, <laughs> I remember it was like sixth grade. She she was a big bully. She was like China from the WWF. <laughs> And she just clear shot, kicked me straight in the balls, went right down, and it, like she was like, "You stay down." And I was just like, "Oh my god!" I still remember. I, I still feel the pain right now as I'm sitting on this couch. The phantom pain. Where do you get older when you get phantom pain? Do you have any phantom pain right now? I don't, I don't. Oh, phantom pain's a word. So for the older listeners out there, phantom pain. Oh, let's talk about the great old waking up on Saturday, be like, "Damn, dude, I should never went. <laughs> I should have never went down the hill." After like six Guinnesses on the sled and like your knee hurts, pain's the worst, dude. <laughs> yeah, I felt Going stuff. Back to I felt memory. stuff like that in mm-hmm. college. What's your worst injury? My worst injury? Hmm. 
I've probably I've had two concussions, um, so that's probably. Oh man, never, I never had one. What's it like? Describe a concussion to me. Well, it is subtle. Like people talk about it. it's it's hard to really tell. I remember the second one I got. I got hit by like three linebackers that were all bigger Ooh. than me at the same like the time. Cross like one oh. from each side. Like, well, what position did you play? Wide receiver. Oh, that's great. That's they great sent team. this. I'm this Where's little your dude. Where's your number? In college, it was like a billion because I never played. But in high school, eighty four. That's a cool number. I like that number. Um, but yeah, I got wrecked by on all sides. One hit the left side. One hit the right side. One hit me in the face mask, and I fell back and hit my head. So I was like, I know I'm pretty messed up right mm-hmm. now, but I didn't really realize until later. It was before freshman year had started, like the week or two we were we had training camp, and I had to read this summer reading book, and I realized I just couldn't. Like I'm looking at the book, and I mean I wasn't a big fan of reading at the time anyway, but you could just tell like mm-hmm. I, I'm like this is really slow. Like I just can't focus on this at all. Mm-hmm. So I, I went and talked to the trainer, and but it was it was subtle. Like it wasn't it wasn't like I had memory loss or mm. felt like depressed or something I just had slight focus issues I can't imagine memory loss ugh it'd be the worst I right? know like, but then you don't know it's the worst you right? just, I, just, I always think of like Memento and that's a good movie yeah it's a really good movie I always thought that he was gonna have a much more uh, prominent career Guy Pierce after that the main yeah like he, he, I guess he might have chosen the roles that he did the very avant-garde roles but I mean yeah. that movie is great and Joe Pantaleono you know he's great in that <laughs> yeah but he never did it. well he was in the Matrix and then after the Matrix he probably was like that's it well, he's on <laughs> Sopranos too but I mean oh, he's yeah. probably got all that money Matrix money is probably massive I can't even imagine like your residual check per yeah. year on the Matrix yeah ridiculous I can't imagine probably maybe like I'm thinking like 300,000 at least. Like if you're like that kind of actor, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Keanu Reeves made a massive deal. But the sporting cast, because of the residuals, they get massive checks. Because it's, I think The Matrix is still the most digitized movie that's downloaded. Yeah. People. I need to have an assistant. You know? <laughs> yeah, I just looked that? over here. <laughs> if I ask Google that, Google will get completely confused. Oh, yeah. So I'm not even going to bother. You know, like, Voice activation is not quite ready. <laughs> I've been getting kind of creeped out with Google. I'm going to talk about that. Um... <laughs> Alexa, you know, all these things, you know. So the weird thing is, is like, you know, I have it here. And uh, at work, I find myself in these situations where my brain automatically says, okay, Google. And it's weird. (laughs) And I'm not really sure if I'm okay with it or if I'm not okay with it. And I want to know how much they're listening. Like, they're probably... Did you hear that? Yeah. She just said, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing wrong with being weird. (laughs) If that's on tape... I hope okay, that was Okay, Google, turn your volume all the way up. <laughs> and now she's not listening. Like, she's pretending like she's, she knows that we're okay, listening. Okay, Google, listening. what did you just say? There's nothing wrong with being weird. See, she's listening. She knows who I am, too. Okay, Google, what's my name? It just said, my name is Stock Google. Okay, Stock Google. Okay, Stock Google. <laughs> Starring in Mall Rats. <laughs> Case in point. She's this is why I want to bring it up this evening. What's going on with the robots? <laughs> Should we be scared? Uh, the proof's in the pudding right here, folks. Uh, I'm not really sure how to describe uh. what it's like living with an artificial intelligence, but 
I mean, we, we should probably just get used to that, right? Because it's going to get more and more. Yeah. And would I, you like to have an assistant in your classroom? I would. Like, you draw a blank, like, with this math equation, like, what the fuck? Like, yo, <laughs> Alfred. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, like, he's like, I got you. I've got your multiplication. There have been times when that's happened to me, though, and the kids had no idea. Because I just played it off, like, uh-huh. I'm not, you like... What do you mean? Help. Like, like I was like, like okay, here's the not problem. The vision property, but you're like, yes. <laughs> no, I did. No, no, I haven't done that. But I just like there was a really hard. I remember it was geometry. It was really hard proof. Mm-hmm. And the diagram was all crazy. There's like, things all over the place, and I just like forgot. Yeah. So I just waited. Like I asked everybody, like, okay, who has an idea? Okay. And I waited for so long. Yeah, I've had many moments like that. They were all thinking. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of those moments when you're, when you're training to be a teacher, they tell you to wait a long, like uh-huh. wait way longer than you think you need to uh-huh. for an answer. And luckily that came true in that moment because eventually a couple of kids figured out some things that I can't imagine going, but I'm just a bullshitter. I mean, like I, 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 I never was good at math. Um, I, the worst thing I think I ever did, you just made me think of it, was probably was when I was like 24. I mean, I'm still technically... No disrespect, but like 24, like you, you still really are, and you're young still, you know? Like the vigor of youth is still within you. I'm 25 but, now, so I lost a little bit of it. Oh, you left the best year of your life. <laughs> I told you, but last year, 24 is the yeah, best year of your life. Yeah. <laughs> You'll forever remember that. You'll be like, yeah, Bob was right. <laughs> um, I can't remember what I was just thinking. The worst thing you ever did. Oh, I, smelled, I spelled tomorrow wrong. <laughs> In an English tough class. Tough word, tough word. In an English class, okay? Because I'm from country... And as you know, we have a weird accent, and the way we say it is tomorrow, tomorrow right. with a double R. You know what I mean? Like, um, I can't remember exactly the teacher's name, but God, she was so mad. Like, I subbed for her class, and she had a meeting, and she came into the classroom, and I remember, like, she walks in, and I see her look at the board and just, like, get the dry erase and just, like, stubbornly just burn that right <laughs> off, and I was just like, oh, my God, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, that was a tough moment, you know? So how is it, like, you know, the dual relationship between music and teaching? You know, it's something I keep thinking about and keep coming back to, like, evaluating that. Because there's some things that are really positive, but then there's some times where it feels like it's impossible to do both. Mm-hmm. Like, right now, it feels impossible. Because we got a, you got a gig coming up. Yeah, I got a gig right coming on. up on Saturday. Um, opening for my good friends in the go-around. Mm-hmm. Um, so there should be good shows. They always put on... Great shows. Alex Sadek is the uh, the mm-hmm. lead singer of the Go Around, and he's just he's a great guy. He's been one of my good friends for a long time. So it'll be a good show. I'm excited for it. Um, happens to come during Thanksgiving week too, so I, I have off from school the next couple of days. Um, but I think I don't think a lot of people realize how much work goes into even just playing one show. I know. Um, yeah. You know, you got rehearsals, rehearsals on your own time, like working on your own individual stuff, plus with the group trying to get people to come out to a show, promoting it. Um, it's, and it's just, even when you're not like actively working on it, you're thinking about it like, are people going to come out? Is this yeah. going to be an empty room? Mm-hmm. Am I going to mess up? Like, am I even doing that? Is my music even good? You know, it's just all, this, all these stressors all the time. And right now, I'm, I'm where I like grind part of school. November, we've been in for three mo- like three months. Mm our first trimester is ending grades are coming up and and for me the winter time is a real struggle so now my energy is lower too and i'm just thinking this is you know how can i how can i do both but summer 
you're not even teaching. So then teaching seems like the greatest job in the world because you're getting paid mm. and you can just be a musician. Would you rather teach in summer and have off the whole winter to hone in your craft? <laughs> Honestly, I think so. So then you stay inside and all you would do is just play music nonstop. I think so. I think, I think if I had the winter off, I would write some pretty good records. Because you have no choice but to stay inside and you have no job, but you're still getting paid. And you get all the, the winter demons. Call it the winter album. It's a hit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got all the time in the world to make a, you know, a number one single. So how did you uh, first get started playing music? When I was 16, uh, my best friend Brad taught me how to play guitar. Mm-hmm. And he, he was actually, at the time, I don't think he was like in the go-around yet, but that's how I met Alex, was through Brad. And Brad, I think a little bit after that, I had started playing in the go-around, but we were going to their shows, and then when I saw him start playing, it just seemed so cool that he could play guitar. And um, I had always been into music. I sang in like choirs and stuff, and I was into like all that punk rock music and mm-hmm. stuff. I really enjoyed it. Um, but Brad got me into learning how to play guitar, and once I started playing guitar, and I was terrible at it, but I could strum some chords, and I started writing right away. Mm-hmm. And then, and that's been the draw. I've had on and off, I feel like an on and off relationship with music where I mm-hmm. started learning to play guitar and writing some stuff, went to college, took a little break, then was in my first band in college, and once that, like, once we broke up or whatever, then I took some time off and then got back into the, the project that I'm in now, and with the solo project and having been in Judy Kim and the Assassination, and like taking it more seriously. Um, but there's times when I was away from it, I just felt like it was pulling me back. And even my friends would say sometimes, like, you should start playing music again. You've, you seemed happier when, when you were, but um, I had never really taken it. Even when I was in a band in college, I, we thought we were taking it seriously. We thought we were good, but we were, we were terrible, and we didn't know what was going on. We were just, like, learning how to even play music cohesively. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Punk rock, right? I mean, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> isn't it quite like I mean like playing music is what separates us from the animals you know what I mean like they're not up there strumming six strings in a distorted frenzy you know what I mean like yeah. I totally get it I, you know it's pretty much the same origin story that I have as well you know took it seriously as I got a little older and then tried different things um, I didn't realize that uh, Brad Brad was in the band that's playing this Saturday he was the original drummer no he played uh, well he played guitar in, in that band. In that band. So okay. the go around is Alex and Anthony Sadek, two mm-hmm. brothers. I, met, um, I think I met Anthony. Yeah. 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 You yeah. did. Um, and the, other than the two of them, they've had a lot of different members. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first was getting to know them and getting to know their music, they had a pretty consistent lineup, and Brad was a consistent rhythm mm-hmm. guitarist. Um, as as time went on, and he had to get jobs and trying to go to college and everything and pay for that he started playing with them less frequently mm-hmm. um, and since then the go around at that point I think they had changed drummers and bassists and things mm-hmm. too so it's been like Alex and Anthony you'll see if you see a go around show you'll see the two of them and then you'll see different guys filling in the other spot so Brad played guitar for them and I mean you say drummer because Brad drummed for me in my first record uh, that's, um, yeah the pictures I saw yeah and, but he was a guitarist first, and he, he enjoyed playing a lot of different instruments. For the listeners out there, we speak about him in the past tense because he uh, tragically passed away in 2017. 17, yeah, yeah, June 2nd, 2017. So uh, I think it was like six months ago, I went up to Chaps in Royersford, what is it? Yeah, Spring to see, City, uh, yeah. Kevin did a tribute concert to his friend who had passed away. He's written a whole album in his honor. 
And uh, I think right now would be appropriate time to take a listen to a track. This is Sparks on the Bobcast. <laughs> writing that album I mean like you previously just said you know how hard it is to come up with music you know to create new content how hard was it to write those songs 
for your friend. They, uh, those songs like really destroyed me at times. Um, it was, I was writing a lot of them during the winter time, of course, which made it harder, but, um, I had the concept in mind. I was going to write this EP for him. It was going to be six songs. It was going to be over a time period. Like we were going to start off real young and start to get older. And I wanted to make sure at least half this record was happy, like celebrating that, Mm -hmm. that friendship that we had because it was special. Um, and, but then also to have a song right in the middle where Brad actually dies, um, and also have a chance to talk about some of the support and that sort of thing that happened afterward. Mm -hmm. So I had all these ideas in my head, um, but sitting down to actually try to create and starting from scratch on some of those songs was hard. And, And this time it was, it was also the pressure of. The first record I wrote, the in between, I was just it was songs that I had written, and it was just I didn't even think I could record. Like I was like, whatever, I want to try this. We'll mm-hmm. see how it goes. But now I knew I could do it. I knew I could do it way better. And it was, since it was for Brad, it had to be better. It had to be the best thing that I was oh, going to write. It's a fantastic recording. That's recorded at Chaps, right? Yeah, at Chaplin's. So with they Chris. record you in that big room right there. Uh, yeah, that's where we did the drums down the on the stage. Okay, cool. Um, you get the, so that's the room sound. Okay, yeah. That's, yeah. That's a good idea. We did electric guitars down there, too. Mm-hmm. Really cranked them up and let them rip. So that was, that was good. I, I really... It was I, a great night. It was good. I was glad I was there. Isaac and I were in the front row. Yeah. <laughs> I had some great uh, video footage of it as well. Um, yeah, that's an enormous responsibility. So I just want to say you did a good job. I was moved Thank by you. it as a musician. And it's not too often you get moved by a musician or inspired by other musicians because there's this constant state of uh, competition if you will yeah you know um, I've always outspoken Lee talk about uh, the fact that the competition is really what kills the scene in general yeah the oversaturation of the market the bookers who don't call you back and still collect 10% when they should have added bands to the bill (laughs) um yeah, it's a tough gig. Tough gig, yeah. definitely being a musician, um, because it, it, like you said too, it's it's not just for that forty five minutes you're up there on the stage. It's, right. it's you're constantly thinking about it, and yeah. for people who aren't musicians or in bands, it's very much like being a werewolf. <laughs> you know, you know you're gonna turn. You you need like there's something hunting you down, and you gotta do it. Or yeah, or almost like you need to confess something. You know? Yeah. Maybe that's a better analogy. It's you have to confess something like creatively on stage. And those forty-five minutes do make it worth it. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. But sometimes it, that really comes into question, especially when you haven't done it in a while. I haven't been on stage since we were on tour. I don't think that was August. The last show was good. Was that was fun. a lot of fun. Yeah, we ripped it. And <laughs> and I left. I left there thinking about how much fun it was to play music three days in a row and to play mm-hmm. shows three days in a row and how I I so desperately want to do that again. But I haven't played since then, so now I'm like... It's nice when you play consecutively because the band gets so gelled. You know? Yeah. And I, I remember I remember talking to Judah after the first show. We got back to the Airbnb and I was like, we get to play tomorrow. Like, I've never said that before. I've never played a show yeah. and then got to play again the next oh, day. Oh, that's always the best. That's, that's just the best. <laughs> it's when you just keep parlay it right into the next yeah. day. Um, but that's that's that dream, though, is what makes all those other things come into play that yeah. makes it so stressful. Like... If I'm gonna do that, I either have to say, okay, I'm taking a huge financial hit mm-hmm. whenever I do that, or you have to work really hard to try to scrounge together to make it worth it. And 
you have something like this friendship album where I feel so deeply connected to it and it feels so important to me. But then when you start to tie the like market aspect to it, it's frozen me for months. I haven't really, I haven't done real promotion of it. I haven't it's played hard. shows since that release because, show. You know what it is, is because you put so much time creation into the actual project that after after it's out you just hope that it reaches every you know place of you know the yeah internet. which, the which I know like, which I know, know it isn't going to do and I know that I have to do well, work you, this, but... you know Supreme Patty to you know <laughs> retweet that <laughs> shit you know what I mean like it's a shame but that's the world we live in now yeah and it's like it's cool that you wanted to make a concept album like that for your friend and you actually took the time because most people now are just recording a song you know yeah. or trying to yeah or the hip hop tracks that all sound the same with the DBs at twenty two, like you just like what it's so loud? Yeah, my phone got stuck inside a movie theater with like this advertisement playing. Oh, I felt so stupid, man. You guys, like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was about to see Bohemian Rhapsody. I was like, I'm ready, Freddie, and like he's just like whatever. But then after the movie, I could see that he was emotionally hurt. And he was like, Yeah, I liked it too, man. I like Freddie. <laughs> So, the gig this Saturday, what time do you go on? Seven. And when's practice? Um, well, we've already rehearsed a couple of times, so. Nice. We're going to let it go. Yeah, I was in, after our last rehearsal, I was at that place again where I'm like, I think we need to do one more, but I, I really don't. How many don't. songs are you doing? We're doing, uh, I think, ten. It's a perfect amount. Yeah. It's a good, it's Even a good Even nine's good. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and and I'm like even at rehearsal, I had just been coming off a cold, and mm. I'm like I haven't sang a set mm-hmm. that long in a while. My voice. You gotta is do weaker. the vocal rest like Judah. Yeah, I had. I had Judah a, takes the vowel silence. It doesn't speak. Yeah, that takes sheer willpower. I, I couldn't. I wish I had half the dedication he did sometimes. But. He really focuses on his craft. Yeah. Should we take a listen to one of his songs? Sure. What do you want to listen to off the album? Hmm. Pick any one you want. My favorite was always Frank and Monica to play. Don't make- 
Yeah, that's the last song we played in Nashville. Yeah. Where I had the glove <laughs> that my brother gave me. <laughs> the light glove. There's, 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 like... there's black jean hipsters must have been like, what the hell is wrong with these guys? I was, but uh, they, I was by so day confused. four. Day, yeah, it was day four, they, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Day four, I was just like, oh man, I was losing it. I was talking in a southern accent. You we left the, Linda's. You bought me the rabbit's hat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, nobody, I'm trying to tell people about Linda. Nobody understands what it was like being I'm, in that house. I'll, I'll never evening. forget Linda. I hope Linda's listening right now. How do we get her to listen to it? I, I'll just, I tried to contact her on Facebook, but I think she blocked me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, Linda, her Airbnb was uh, a scene out of misery, maybe. I mean, like Southern misery. Like We stayed in her house with her. She slept in the bed, cooked us breakfast. It was probably the most hungover I've ever been that morning with you guys. Yeah, it, was, it might have been my Her food thing. was so painfully blanched. I hope she's not listening because I just insulted her food, but I mean, like, I she, she was hyping it up the whole time. Gotta try my southern biscuits. You know, I didn't even, I didn't realize it wasn't good because I was still really oh, drunk. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. I, I remember was thinking, like, I should have made that. I was sitting at the table looking at, across at, at Jackie and I was just, like, cracking up because uh, I was still so drunk. Yeah, and then she's like, why don't you all play a song for me before you leave? Oh, that's right, yeah. And we are like, oh, lady, we're still laughing. <laughs> We have to drive now to... We went to Nashville then, yeah. Yeah, it was a long long drive for me. I was, was impressed painful. with Nashville then. I'd never been there before. I highly recommend it for people of any musical creed to go there. Because the town really wants it. Yeah. Like here in Philly or other areas, even New York City, really. It's also it's a you know pay-to-play scenario type thing where you got to get your friends out. you got to get the numbers up, you know? like, And that's just tough, you know? I mean, it's tough to do. Yeah. You know? And we had... We brought more people to that Nashville show, I think, than the other bands. They were good bands in that bill that night. They were, and good yeah. people. It's it was a cool spot. Uh, the good. Supper Club, right? The Supper yeah. Club? Yeah, Springwater Supper Club. Uh, the Black Keys. I read something online after we left there that Lady Gaga tried to have her um, dive tour go there. Oh, really? But they wouldn't do it because of that. Remember, they couldn't serve liquor or something? They could only serve beer. They couldn't serve uh, oh, liquor yeah. of any kind. Yeah. Yeah. They had this weird license or something and like insurance wouldn't come through but that's as divey as it gets. You should go back there with your band, dude. That's where I would go. Yeah, I, I if I ever get back out on the road like that, which I wanna do sometime, Nashville's definitely on the Yeah. On the list. You should, yeah. I don't know about Birmingham or Oh, Birmingham. Yeah, I mean it was nice to see my friend Tom, but that night, I mean, there's nobody there. That we had a good time. It was a, it was a really it was fun great time. show. Nobody was there. <laughs> we killed it. No it was one definitely saw it. top. <laughs> yeah, it was like the, the, the top performance of the band. They, the bartender, Tom, stayed outside because he kept smoking cigarettes. But yeah, it was just a mess. But so, do you have any plans to record anything else post? Uh not really. I wouldn't say really plans. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm at a crossroads with it right now, where. I'm t- I take a look at something like 21 Pilots, and we've, we've talked about this, how they, the whole product is just incredible. And, it's and, a brand. And at this point, I just have so many questions about music that I have to start to answer for myself before I decide what's next. Like, I've been doing a solo project where I have different band members play, and we've mm-hmm. had a consistent lineup with Judah and um, my buddy Alex and, uh, and Steven, We've had a consistent lineup for a while, but they, I, none of them are in it, into my project long term. Alex has got a 
another job that he loves and bought a house mm-hmm. and everything and Judah's got his own music and Steven's kind of a mercenary drummer where he does a great job he drums for a lot of people and they've all said to me you know that the, the, my project isn't their like main musical investment or or isn't their main like goal yeah. which is fine well, and that's yeah. worked for a while yeah. I just wonder if like realistically for myself can I continue to do that or do I need to be in a in a band band in a band yeah. band uh well, technically, all you really need is a bass player and a drummer, right? Yeah, I guess yeah. You, you get a lead in there with, you know, but really, if the energy's between the three, you know, Fallout Boy, you know, like... Yeah, but I just, I mean, even, like, off all of the off-stage stuff. Wait, no, no, Blink-182. Yeah, Blink-182, yeah. Fallout Boy, Fallout Boy, I mean, different genre, but Blink-182, Nirvana, let's think, the power trios. Green Day was for a while, right? Yeah, they were, before they had that rhythm guitar player. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Would you ever want to be one of those guys? Because I'm fascinated with like Queen, Queen's touring like keyboardist <laughs> would be behind like uh, Brian the, May stacks. Like you can't even see. Him. Doesn't Muse do that too? I they have like people are like in the dark. In the dark. <laughs> yeah. Imagine you're that guy. <laughs> like you know, like it, I feel like it really depends where I am. Like if if right now Muse was like, do you want to go on tour with me? I'm We're going. going to see Muse. Well, oh, really? Are you going? I don't know. No. Yeah. I, I gotta go see that man. I gotta see that light show. The 21 Pilots, so we both went to the show about a month ago. Blown away. It's blown away by them. That's like maybe the 10th time I've seen them, and every time it's been like I've seen them 10 times. Something crazy like that. Wow. Yeah. I, I, also, I like how they're just, they they maintain the duo, but they have the backing tracks, and it's yeah. really well rehearsed. You watch the Bandito tour like documentary things? I've seen parts of some of them. Yeah, like the one uh, Josh like fell off the drums and like cut his head open oh, and they're in the dark they can't see where they're going you know oh, there's a, you think about it there's a lot going on there there is like, did, remember when he was like standing and he fell like through the car mm-hmm. like the flames could burn him <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta be on yeah. that's, that's the type of stuff that I'm also like they only have two people mm-hmm. so it pushes them to do stuff like that but mm-hmm. also it's probably easier to do stuff like way that way easier and so why don't you I'm drawn like to that? I'm drawn to that now yeah. where I used to always be like you can't play with tracks yeah, everything's got to be live. Somebody really needs a drummer, and then just get into the garage band thing, and you know, yeah, make the tracks up, and so I mean, and that's that's something I'm thinking about as a, a route. Now, I think if I did that, I don't know that I would use like my own name anymore. It might be another project, but that's something that I've thought about. Like, should I do something like that where I focus on? Because the other thing that I'm seeing is there's a lot of drum, bass, guitar, guitar, white dudes playing rock music, but I don't even know if anybody cares about rock music anymore. They always care about rock music, but you have to be careful with the way you package it now. 21 Pounds do an excellent job with the yellow, the bandito, you know what I mean? Like, it's a brand, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you, when you see somebody with yellow masking tape all over their body, you automatically know that they're a 21 Pilots fan if you have knowledge. Yeah, yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. And it's a shame, but I, you can take it in directions like that where it becomes interesting, almost like a Banksy element to it, of like a dangerous art, you know? Yeah. But... But even even their music, it's bands in general coming up to it. I mean, like Greta Van Fleet. What do they got going for them? They sound like Led Zeppelin. You know what I mean? Then they're wearing '60s Woodstock 50th anniversary gear. You know what yeah. I mean? So like everyone's got a gimmick. Yeah. Which is a shame, but I don't know. But I, mean, I like it if it ties to your image. Like the, I think the thing about Twenty One Pilots is that well, one it is it is rock music, but it's also different. There's no guitar. Totally different. Yeah. There's bass guitar, but there's no electric guitar just piano, there's no guitar bass, solos there's no like, you know, ukulele well, yeah, sometimes ukulele yeah but he's the it's the music is like structured in a way that's really uh, padded well Charlie with different right? tones yeah 
and yeah. Josh just comes in and drums and gets the greatest paycheck in the world. Right? <laughs> uh, I I don't I wonder how much I think I think like I don't know I'm not in Twenty One Pilots but I think Tyler creates most of it and he'll be like Josh do we like this you know mm-hmm. and no they have such a great rapport on stage and like you know all the bits like them going across the catwalk you know going out to the side stage like that's where it's at you know what I mean like you have to fully utilize and they, your stage even if you're in an arena or if you're on a small stage yeah too, like it's the show aspect to it I was gonna say they, aspect, they did that you know? stuff when they were small too that's and, awesome yeah. and I mean I've, I've not like catwalk going back but like watching it. Yeah. yeah they did the drums out. it was a show yeah. like Tyler Tyler or no, well Josh has done a backflip off mm-hmm. of that piano every show they played that I've ever seen them Great. And Tyler, when they played "Holding On to You," does he like sprints across the stage and like jumps off the piano? They've always done they stuff like energy, that. Yeah. That yeah, it's. I think it just works for them because they they almost. I don't know what they have exactly. It's like you can't even really describe it. But it's like they're perfect for whatever's right now, for yeah. that, that type of person in a way. Yeah. It's like what grunge would be in two thousand eighteen in the way. Yeah, like alternative music, yeah. you know, like that version, but more. I don't know. It came out of like uh, I don't want to say grime rock but like uh, screamo like, like it's like a mutation of it you know yeah I agree but that's and a, I love Daywall Nation too by the way I mean I gotta give them a plug I mean yeah. I was blown away by it I remember just sitting there thinking like I, I like this I, I really like this I'm a miracle man miracle 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 man I was like what yeah and then when he got the wave going I was like who does that as I an know. opener who and, does that and he was like I want to be your second favorite band oh, yeah he did say that yeah that's great Yes, Aaron Bruno is a, a great musician. Great musician. I feel tragic for him because he just his uh, studio just burned down. They said oh, right. a story on Instagram. Oh, his house yeah. was saved, but his studio is gone. Jeez. But yeah, that was really inspired by them too because it was just like man to open for a band and you know, I've seen a movie trailer once that was better than the actual movie, but never a band that was like you know, that that caliber like yeah. Now that you see like they're combining the cell phones with the wave now on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. That's the best. yeah. <laughs> You should try every bar you're in. Just be like, all right, everybody, put up your cell phones. <laughs> It'd be tough. There's, there's got to be stuff like that. I feel like in a part of a local show, even that you have to, but you have to be confident about it. So what are you gonna do this Saturday night? Well, we can't, we can't ready to tell I me don't afterwards. Know. We'll talk about it. Afterwards. I don't know, but that's even. I think that's even part of the thing. That's like after I got, I have this show coming up, and I have one in December um, at Chaplin's, and but then like I'm sorry, I think I might have called it Champs earlier. <laughs> it's Chaplin's. Chaps. You call it Chaps. I thought it was the same oh, yeah, name for yeah. Chaplin's. Chaplin's. What a great place that is. It is. I love, love being in that room. It's so open. Yeah, great sound. Um, Chris is a great guy. Everyone else that works there mm-hmm. always a great experience. Um, but yeah, I mean after those two shows I think I, I that's what I want to start thinking about is like yeah, the music needs to be good when you play it live, mm-hmm. and the product needs to be good even beforehand. But the show has to be a show. Like show's got to be a show. People don't, people don't really go out to see live music like they used to anyway. Mm-hmm. But when they go, they they want to be entertained. They don't just want to listen to your music because they could just listen to your a better version of your music at home. So you gotta do something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gotta bring a washer or a dryer on stage. Yeah, know? and there's subtle things like it doesn't have to be like over the top. But <laughs> and I think some like. Some of the stuff I feel like I'm okay at, like talking with the crowd in between or just like even being present before and after sets and talking with people and, and like mm-hmm. actually having a good time and being friendly and everything. Like that's that's part of it for me. I love that part of it. Total extension but, of the job too. It's it's part of it really. Yeah. You gotta do it. Yeah. 
It's like not um, grading homework as a teacher. It's like, yeah, whatever. You got yeah. You got to check. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. post December when the Eagles, you know, were about to. Oh God. To uh, win the playoffs, right? <laughs> yeah. Predictions for the for our Philadelphia Eagles as they close out what's left of our season. <sighs> I don't know. There's just so many questions. They are still good. I, the thing, the thing that I'm realizing, I think this year about football, about the NFL, the it is such a fine line between being really good and being really bad. Pretty much, yeah. Like the team is almost the same. We lost an offensive coordinator. We lost. Um, I, I yeah. think those I people. I just don't hurt. think Winston came back yet. Maybe, but he played. He played well at the beginning. He does, but he's but it's still, not the same. It's not the same. He's scared. He, they he, got into his ear. He don't did do things. this. Don't do yeah, this. that's how I feel now. At the beginning, I thought mm-hmm. like, oh no, like against Indianapolis, he ran for a first down. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, he's back. He's back. He hasn't been doing that stuff. He hasn't been doing. It. Last year, he made these crazy. You know, he's been doing throwing interceptions. The game yeah, on Sunday was brutal. That was awful. Even though I love Drew Brees, though. Yeah, I, res- I respect him a lot. And Great player. I, I, I still think Carson's our guy, but there's just. There's people there's that are also talking. Nick, they put Foles in today. I'm like, yeah, what? Like, talk about it. I love Nick Foles, but... Foles had some luck. Okay, let's talk about... Yeah. It's just like poker, really, football. Yeah. I mean, like, it's all the luck of the draw. Like, it's how you feel that day, yeah. what you ate that day. You know what I mean? Football really comes down to game of inches, but... If That's you're a true Eagles fan, you got to stick... If, if we had done a couple little things at the beginning of the year, we would have mm-hmm. won a bunch of the games at the of, beginning. And then at this point in the year... We wouldn't have gotten blown out by the Saints because we would have been feeling different. Now there's so much pressure on those guys, whether they say there isn't or there is. I know mm-hmm. they feel it. You can't you can't pretend like everything's fine. No, you can't. With no, our no. fan base, it's no. crazy. I the, got a, a chance to see the Eagles fan base up close uh, two weeks ago at the Tal- Dallas Cowboys game. It was uh, quite the experience, man. Like Getting into the building was like 90 deep. And, like, we didn't know that George W. Bush was in there, so security was really oh, tight. Yeah, and there was, like, yeah. four fights that erupted inside this, like, crowd of people trying to get in. And the game starts, and people are getting angry, and they're pushing forward. And, like, people are, like, you know, losing their hats, getting upset. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, like... You want to feel alive, go to a Philadelphia Eagles game, man. <laughs> they they won the Super Bowl, and I hopped on the train to go into Center City just to... Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't want to destroy the city. I just wanted to walk <laughs> yeah. around and see what people yeah. were doing. You know, kind of be a part of it. The subway was packed as full as you can imagine it. You were just like completely crushed by people, crushed. and everyone was happy. They were all like talking to each other, mm-hmm. and you know, and, like a t- football team can do that to you on a normal day. You sit in the subway, nobody talks to anybody. Fans can't do that to you. Football teams in Canada, isn't that odd? Yeah, I mean, it, it's no. See, like a band doesn't bring. I mean, I guess like Metallica or like a heart that brings up the, you know, adrenaline, testosterone, but. But it's never a whole city. No, no. Never a whole city. It's like never a whole city. <laughs> There's not one city in America that likes just Metallica. Um, <laughs> no. But the Eagles, though, yeah, can change that. Yeah. Like when I was there at the game, it's not Sunday, it's not Monday, it's not one, four, or eight. It's just Eagles. There's no time or place. Like, people yeah. are just all, yeah. let's go. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. And that's the thing, people. I remember growing up and people being like, well, why do you even care about sports? Like, who cares? Or, mm-hmm. It's a waste of time. But that's the thing. You lose track of everything else that's going you on. You're all in on, on this this thing that other people care about. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it makes you feel like crap some days when they're bad, but yeah, it is it's still it is. part of the experience. And it's still like, I'd rather be distracted by that than feel bad because something in my life was actually going wrong. Fly, Eagles, fly. That's all we can hope for. Um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, make sure you go see Kevin this Saturday. A ticket link will be provided below this podcast. 
Thanks for coming to the the Red Couch Lounge here. <laughs> Love it here in the Red Couch. Pleasure Lounge. to finally have you on the Bobcast. It was great. Thank you. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Bob, and this has been another episode of Bobcast.